0: Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Conan Esler, and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez.
1: Hola, hola, hola.
0: And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, could you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Sure.
2: Well, the paper today that we're going to discuss, the title is Political Relations and Sports, Exploring the Demand for Reallocated Soccer Games. It has been published in the European Sport Management Quarterly this year. And it has three authors, so Felix, Otto, Giorgio, Nobantis, and Tim Polovsky, them all from the University of Tullian. So it's quite timely research as well, considering that there's this increase of sport matches overseas, let's say, NFL, the NBA used to do this for a time, for a while already, and now football matches, European football is starting doing so, going to Saudi Arabia, to Qatar, sometimes to the United States as well. So it's a pretty interesting setting that they are working with. I agree. Actually,
1: this from a managerial perspective is very interesting. This means that either leagues or federations, they're trying to make some extra money, bringing some of their games to other countries. And as Tadeu said, and the authors also reflect on this while this has been going on for a little bit in the US with the NFL or the NBA or other competitions. In Europe, it's a little bit less common, although there are some leagues that they have been doing this for a while. The authors put the example of the super cups in these European countries. This means that the champion of the domestic league and the champion of the national cup, then they play one game that is like a final. And then federations have started to bring these games somewhere else to get extra money. But guys, before we move on, do you usually have a positive or a negative perception when the Federations and the Leagues do this? Because there is always a heated debate in Spain. For example, Spain has started to bring the Super Cup to the Saudi Arabia and there's always discussion. Why is this good? Is this bad? As an spectator, what do you think? Do you have a positive or negative feeling about the federation or the league when they do this?
0: I think for me, it's really interesting to see this from the perspective of a consumer. So I, for example, really enjoy watching basketball. So I often thought about it would be great to suppose that NBA teams come to Europe and play in Europe. I would love to see that. But you're talking about a different perspective. So about someone from the U.S., who thinks, okay, it's already in such a high market level. We are marketing everything. Should we really do this? Should we go the next step and go to another country? No. So this is your point, and yeah, I don't know about that. So I think there are many pros and cons. What do you mm-hmm. think, you
2: I'm in your line. It's like I see both sides in the sense that there are pros, considering that you can increase your audience overseas, but at the same time, imagine that you are a sport fan and you're not a fan of a very traditional team that don't win very often. And imagine that suddenly you won the cup and you want to watch the Super Cup close to your home, but then you don't have chance because it moved to Asia or (laughs) to South America. So it's a very complex situation. I would say that in Brazil, we never discussed it very much because we didn't have the Super Cup. We just started a few seasons ago, but still it started to spread over the country and we have a similar discussion whether it has to be in one of the teams or closer to both teams or it has to be spread all over the country.
0: Uh, you don't have this cup yet. I mean, how many leagues or cups in Brazil do you have? So I'm sure sooner or later you're going to have this one as well. Mm-hmm.
2: No, we just we just set it up. So uh, now we do have one more match over 80-some that we have every single season.
1: Okay, I like your points, and I guess we could uh, stay here for hours discussing this because it's a very interesting topic. And I give a lot of credits to the authors to study this topic. And what they do, they go a little bit the extra mile. So they want to see whether there is actually a market for this type of games in the US. They want to the US and then they want to check an old idea whether, when you like a country, this will have an effect on whether you will go to see these games or not or if you are willing to pay more for these games or you're actually not willing to pay that much because what is true this Games like these leagues are associated to countries. So the Spanish Super Cup is associated to Spain. The Bundesliga is associated to Germany. And the authors exploit this detail to analyze this effect. This has been done before, not in a sports. In a sports, this is the first paper that I know of, but there has been some other papers discussing this point. For example, when there is ongoing conflicts between countries and there is these boycott campaigns for certain products. So then some research tries to understand what happened to the demand for this product. And this is what they try to do in this paper, but they use these big five European leagues and their super caps when they play the games overseas and they use survey data. Tadej, what type of data do they actually use?
2: Well, as you say, they rely on survey data. I mean, it's very interesting. Let's try to explain because they do explain very well the data that they collected. So the idea is that state preference approach. So they ask the people through the survey, whether they would be willingness to pay for those particular matches so they create a hypothetical scenario imagine that is happening this match between these two teams closer to your home how much would you pay for attending this guy basically is this this is the idea what they have behind And why they're talking about these domestic cups and final matches, because they say this is very explicitly national character of these matches. So there are national anthems before the games. There are country representatives, presidents, ministers, so on. So it's a very clear national representation that these matches have. So their survey that they conduct two different online surveys. So one was in May 2015 in in the 2600 people answered this first part of the questionnaire because it was about a cup match so they create a hypothetical scenario in a cup match in uk france germany and spain later on in september in 2015 as well they passed a second round of online surveys they had more or less the same number of people but including one more league that was italian league so the hypothetical hypothetical scenario would be talking about a league match and in the willingness to pay they were asking how much money the person would be willing to pay for attending that hypothetical match close to their home and what they got is that they already mentioned that 50% of the respondents say that they wouldn't pay any money for going to this match so it means that they interpret this that well these people have no interest in in going to the match they are out of the strategy but then There are a lot of steps that they are talking about strategic bias hypothetical bias so they were really explaining how reliable the data is and i guess i mean we could be speaking here one hour because the paper is really really nice in the sense but let's focus then in the empirical strategy that they have so it was a topic because most of the data is left censored not not many people were really well spread about the prices and the focus as you mentioned before, is that how close, so let's say country of a region, how close one country is to America would influence the interest of watching that particular match. It from five point Likert scale, so they would say one, two, three, four, five, how much this person considered that other country, UK, France, Germany, Spain, or Italy, and, for sure, they couldn't even just run the regression with a single variable. They have many controls, whether the person is a supporter of their team, the level of the uncertainty of that particular game, if there is a major league soccer stadium close, and many social demographic characteristics like educational level, income level. So it's a really robust estimations that they run. So the empirical examination was the tobit as I say, because it's left censored, but to provide robustness that is really nice and considering that someone could raise some potential and concerns, they create a kind of instrumental variable changing, and let's say over into models using the share of veterans, by the adult population in each county where the person that responded were living so i mean it's a kind of complex way to explain i guess it's it's hard to explain but somehow they use the share of veterans saying that veterans let's say they show national identity they used to live in regions that the national identity is higher as well, and they tend to shape the political view of the people that live around them. So this was the way they they could construct an exogenous instrument that they could ensure that didn't have any kind of indigeneity in this setting. So I guess I was quite long explaining this. Cornel, please go to the results.
0: Yeah, that's not a problem because I don't have to talk too much about the results. I think it's really good that you mentioned the IV with the veterans. So first I'm going to talk about the willingness to pay. So what do they find? They find that if the friendliness rating towards a country increases, your willingness to pay to see this kind of match increases as well. So they distinguish between cup finals and league games and they find that there's almost a $10 difference for everyone. If you go from the lowest willingness From the lowest friendliness towards the country, so rating number one, you have a willingness to pay about $12.70 to see a cup final. And the highest rating for this country, you have a willingness rating of $22.44. What is really interesting is then that they show these results for the veterans. And it is incredibly, if you look at the numbers, because veterans have an extremely low amount that they are willing to spend for the lowest friendliness rating for a country. So for cup finals, it's only around $2. But for the highest rated countries, it's about $41. So I really like those results. They're interesting. And also, I think for the authors, it was super nice to see that there's such a huge difference. Honestly, I would have never expected that. Additionally, they find that being a supporter, so if you already like a team, increases your willingness to pay so this goes more into the line and they also say this what you already find in the literature and then they find that you have this tendency and the sports economics literature that if a game is really really close then as a spectator you might prefer it when it, you have a favorite not a super clear favorite and also their results show that there's a case for server uh, survey respondents here as well so they find that if you have a favorite you're more willing to pay for that. So that basically supports that what they did is correct because it also shows that, yes, it's close to previous literature. So their method is not strange or anything like that. No, it completely confirms their results. And I think what they did is really interesting. And then additionally, they did some robustness checks, like excluding counties with a very low veteran share. And I think they did a really nice analysis there.
1: And this study, Cornel Tadeo, I think it has multiple implications. The differences in prices between the funds overseas and the domestic funds, the trade-offs for the leagues and the federations to bring these games to the other countries. Does it pay off in the long run? How is the image of the brand affected? There's a lot of things to look at this. And I'm very happy that the authors decided to do this first study on the topic. Cornel Tadeo that's everything for today's podcast thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece stay tuned